Okay, now's the time for the leader to qualify. Uh, qualify until 9.15. Is there a timer? Um, Does that mean like 10, 10, and 5? Is it that long? (laughs) A five-minute warning would be great. Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm Julia, compulsive overeater. Um, You guys are one of my home meetings. I love it here. Um, And I'm nervous about all this. (laughs) Um, and I'm wondering if it can pick up on my heart beating. <laughs> um, but I will try to ignore it and just keep the, try to stay present, keep the focus on um, my recovery. Um, I have 11 and a half years of abstinence from binging and uh, laxative type behaviors, the specifics of which I don't feel comfortable getting into this publicly. Um, But, um, you know, the longer I'm here, the more I think, gosh, maybe I should qualify as a bulimic or as an, you know, an over-exerciser too. There's so many little nooks and crannies of this disease that I got into um, until age 35 when I walked into my first meeting. Um, And um, today I'm just so incredibly grateful. Um, I get reminders all the time that I need to keep coming back, that I need to work this program every day because I still eat everything. And so if I suddenly realize I want some sugar after every meal, it's like, what's going on? And then I have to, you know, get deeper into my 12-step work. Um, Or if I'm having French fries, you know, a little bit too regularly and making sure I eat every last crunchy bit, that's a sign too. And um, I, feel, I feel so incredibly lucky that I can eat most foods in moderation. Um, there are some things I eat out in the world, but I do not eat at home because 11 and a half years later, I still don't know if I can handle them. Um, peanut butter is not in my house. Um, the only time in this past 11 and a half years that I've had ice cream in my house, it was after I had major surgery and I was on a post-surgery pink cloud, you guys. I don't know, I don't know how that happened, but I was like, you know, just all God. And I would have like two spoons of ice cream and put it back in the freezer and People would come and visit me, and I would get to offer them ice cream. And um, but other than that, that's not in my house. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I've had problems with so many things. I don't. I don't know if I need to get into all the food specifics. Um, but 
what do I want to focus on today? Um, I'll just tell you uh, what I do every day because that's usually a question. I'll just um, answer that now. I roll out of bed and I get on my knees and say the first three steps. Um, it starts with food. Often I say the first three steps a second time or a third time around other things that I'm feeling uh, compulsive about. And um, I do that because that's the foundation of my day, just like those first three steps are the foundation of wellness and recovery. Um, I have to remind myself every day that I am powerless over so much and that my life has become unmanageable and will continue to be unmanageable if I do not admit that and um, turn uh, my will and my life over to the care of a higher power, who I call God, uh, because it's easy, one syllable. And I don't know what that is exactly. Um, I have written a definition. Um, I'm looking at it every day. I try not to judge it. You know, it's, it's a superpower for me. Um, and it seems to be working uh, because when I turn my will and my life over to the care of a higher power, I can trust that no matter what is going on, I'm fine, I will be fine, everything is okay. And if I feel that way, then I don't feel the need to um, anesthetize myself. Um, which is what I spent, you know, most of my life doing. I, um, I'm a textbook introvert in every way, and I grew up very shy and very scared, and um, I believe that my mother was one of us, but, you know, I, I'm not supposed to call other people <laughs> compulsive overeaters. Um, but I, I think I, I think I learned from her um, to cope my fear with food. And uh, so I'd come home from school after having to interact with people all day and, um, you know, show up and um, deal with whatever surprising situations came to me via the world and other people. And I would go home and eat. And... Um, I also grew up, my brothers are 13 and 16 years older than me, so I grew up kind of like an only child. So, um, very quiet, lonely, you know, go home, go in my room, hide. Um, the, the prison of self started early. <laughs> and um, feeling not enough, you know, because I didn't have the social skills out in the world and because I was scared of everything and everybody and um, it's interesting I gravitated I grew up in Torrance and um, I was the only white girl with all Japanese American friends because they were quiet too <laughs> and um, so you know I was the I was the oddball in that group um, but comfortable and um, so that coming home 
and hiding in food and coating my feelings um, lasted until I found these rooms at 35. So that meant, you know, all through high school. Um, in college, it turned into food and other things, as you might imagine. Um, drugs and alcohol, a lot. And, um, and then, you know, after college, I would come home from work and do the same, same thing. And, um, you know, I was able to, I had friends. Um, thank God I have an unconditionally loving family um, because I really tried to distance myself. And I was, I was really, I always share this, I was really a bitch. It's really a bitch. And um, because the only way I could feel better and I could feel like I could show up in the world was if I felt like I was better than people. Because otherwise I felt like a total piece of shit. And um, so it didn't feel good being in this head. It really didn't feel good because I either felt like a piece of shit or I was a bitch. And that didn't feel good. Um, and, you know, basically, uh, I'm incredibly hard on myself and um, incredibly hard on everybody else. And neither of those things feel good. And... Um, so what happened? Uh, I'm just going to jump into, I found these rooms. <laughs> um, and I immediately, meeting one, felt like I so completely belonged here. Just in tears the whole time. And, um, you know, uh, God, where should I go with this? I'm going to go to... What I read in for today a couple of days ago. Um, unsettledness may be said to be a state of becoming, which is what we in Overeaters Anonymous are doing. Just as growth is a process that is never finished, so is recovery an ongoing process. I am recovering, not recovered. Being settled is never forever. I can say when this is over, I'll be all right. But then something else arises and the process begins again. That is the natural pattern of growth, one step after another. If there is no pain, what is there to work through, to learn from, and to grow beyond? For today, I rejoice that the feeling of being unsettled, having many problems to deal with, must, much adjusting to do, sends me to my higher power instead of the refrigerator. Um, that's my story. You know, I felt uncomfortable and unsettled growing up. And, um, you know, fear and anxiety is that sort of unsettled feeling. And um, I'm unsettled all the time, you know, like it could be over the smallest things. Um, I wake up, you know, and like I'm worried about the day or I'm worried about something that I have to do. Um, again, dropping to the knees immediately helps. And, um, you know, I, just like it said, I get through one difficult thing in life and something else comes up. That's life. You know, it's like I could be the perfect weight and then, you know, my father died, which happened a year ago. Um, or 
I don't know, my house is on fire. I mean, it's, it's always something. It's al- there's always going to be something that is life. There's no uh, getting to a place where everything is settled, it's all okay, the end, which is why I need to keep coming back and doing work every single day um, because the only answer to feeling settled um, is having a large higher power in my life every day because, again, that is... um, then I know I'm okay no matter what's going on, no matter what I'm worried about it's going to be fine. And um, if I can't get to that feeling, which of course happens, I have really crappy days, really crappy half days. Um, From three o'clock on, on Thanksgiving Day, I was really, really sad. But the first half of the day was great. And um, so I get to um, accept when I can't get out of the sad place or the scared place or whatever it is. Um, remember, as a fellow in this room said, leading probably a couple of years ago, that not only um, this too shall pass, but this too is God. Um, and, you know, I, I got sad at three o'clock on uh, Thanksgiving because the people I was dining with started talking about nursing homes. And that's where my father was when he died, you know, a little over a year ago. So, um, I get to have those feelings and, and this too is God. And this great sadness that I have is because of the great love that I have. And that's a gift. And um, I woke up yesterday having to work Black Friday because I'm in retail. And um, I made a decision that I was going to have fun. And I had a great day yesterday. And, um, you know, another thing that I've learned in these rooms is that... um, I have a choice. I have a choice every day of how I'm going to look at things and how I'm going to approach my day. And, um, you know, we have these magnifying minds and whatever we focus on becomes larger. So focus on the problems. The problems get bigger. Focus on the solution. The solution gets bigger. And so um, I have a, a gratitude list that I look at every morning. Um, I also look at my definition of God every morning because um, my God wants me to be delighted every day. Because um, I'm so serious. God, I'm wired to be so serious and so scared. And, um, you know, if, if I remember that, that my God is encouraging me to be delighted by life, whew, what a weight off my shoulders. You know, and um, I don't have to I don't have to judge myself and other people so harshly. Um, I can look at us all as like wonderful, wacky creations, you know, because we're all different and um, interesting. Um, I can look at all the things that are 
freaking fabulous in my life rather than all the niggling problems because it's really easy. Those tracks in my brain are so well worn. You know, the, the grooves of all the ways I'm not enough, all the things I'm lacking. And um, in truth, Jesus, I am so lucky and I have such an amazing life today. And I really feel good. I really do. And um, it's funny, my sponsor wanted me to put 20 things on this gratitude list that I would, you know, look at all the time. And I topped out at 12 because they had to be things that every single day I could seriously be grateful for, not like fly by night gratitude things. And um, those 12 things are solid every day. Um, and um, it's funny, I almost brought those to tell you. But anyways, um, and I'm probably, and if you ask me later, I won't remember all of them. But, um, you know, uh, I didn't have Thanksgiving with family this year. I'm working all weekend. We're usually closed on Sundays. We're open this Sunday. I'm happy to be doing it. You know, my, my family's splintered all over the place this year, so it's not like I'm missing out on some beautiful family get-together. Um, this year is about me working. I'm grateful for that. I love my job. Is that it? Five minutes. Five minutes. Thank you. Um, and um, just to go back to um, my introvertedness, <laughs> skipping around a bit, um, Speaking of my job, my job is very social and very public, not like in the entertainment world public, but just in the world public. And, um, you know, I manage this place where there are people coming in all the time and um, interacting with people on the phone and in person all day. And I'm, and I'm on and I'm friendly and I'm helpful and, um, and it's fun. And then I need time and space. So I've come to accept that I'm a person who doesn't really enjoy parties. And, you know, I don't even do like fellowship unless it's one on one. Um, because I just, I don't have it in me. Being social all day at my job, like, that's all I can handle. And so acceptance, it's not that I'm not enough because parties make me uncomfortable or big groups of fellows make me uncomfortable or it's that's how I am. And, um, you know, we live in a very busy city and there's all kinds of other technological type stuff coming at us all day long. So. You know, I've made choices. I'm not on Facebook and I don't I don't even have a smartphone yet, you guys. <laughs> and I'm comfortable with that um, because I, I can't be that plugged in and that on. It doesn't feel good. It wears me out and I want to eat when I get uncomfortable like that. Um, so I require downtime and the downtime used to be you know, the couch, the television, the kitchen, and eating. And it's still the couch and the television a lot. 
And, and it's, it's really a miracle that food is not part of that equation anymore. And it's just not, because I just don't need it as much. Um, because I, I have a sense of, like, of serenity, dare I say. Um, and um, I'm not so hard on myself, and I'm not so hard on other people. And, um, and if I've had a difficult day, or if I'm filled with anxiety, I just have a simple dinner. I know, like, you know, I'm going to go to bed soon. I, I watch TV, I read, I make a phone call, whatever it is. Go to bed, wake up, next day is different. I don't have to, um, I don't have to stuff it down. Um, I don't have to anesthetize. Sometimes it's difficult. It feels really uncomfortable. So, um, I feel much better when I'm not using something over those feelings and they do pass and they pass much quicker than they used to. Um, we don't have much time. You guys can ask me questions. So I guess that's it. Thank you. Okay, this is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Uh, okay, so, a uh, question? So the question was um, to talk about making amends. So um, I've been through it twice now. Um, the first time, uh, the list was quite long. <laughs> I don't know how many. And, you know, there were financial amends and there were um, just kind of personal amends for bad behavior on my part. And um, I say I, I really kind of dove right into it. Um, the scariest one was um, a past employer who um, was a very sick person, um, and so I was really uncomfortable um, apologizing to him, but. You know, it's really not cool to tell your boss, no matter how messed up they are, um, that they should get therapy, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and not just like, listen, hon, you really like you need help. You know, it, it was not nice. So, you know, and when I finally got to that amends, which I stretched out to the very, very last, because it doesn't say you have to do the hardest ones first. Like, I started with the easy ones. You know, I started with going to Tower Records. I used to work there, and, um, you know, I stole, I don't know, like $500 worth of cassette tapes and, you know, the 
you know, VHS tapes and stuff back in the day. And, you know, so I went there, total stranger, asked to speak to the manager, you know, told him I, I told him I did that. Tower Records, they'd been through this so many times. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I, I don't know, you can write a check to us or something. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but this guy, the, the ex, the, the old boss, he was like, oh, are you in one of, are you sober now? You know, gave me attitude. And um, I just kind of, you know, I didn't have to tell him what I was, that I was in a program or what I was doing. I just, I just had to, I just had to apologize for my behavior and, and tell him. And I didn't just apologize to people. I also um, let them know that um, I'm doing my best to not act like that anymore you know, make amends, not be that person anymore. Um, you know, I also had to make amends to a couple ex-boyfriends because I um, was really good at belittling my boyfriends. Um, you know, and um, everybody heard me out. You know, there, nothing was a bad experience, really. Um, went well and now I know if I see any of those people you know I used to I used to be a person who like oh my god cross the street you know like I didn't want certain to have to interact with certain people and now you know I might have a moment of uh you know that that guy the boss who I have seen again and then it's just I'm good you know I, I made my I made my peace I, I can show up I can see anybody in the world it's a good feeling um thanks Okay, so the question was when I get in that on that track in my brain that I guess I'm guessing it's the deeply worn groove of negative uh, thinking. How do I how do I get out of it? Um, phone calls to fellows to either talk about my brain or to ask them what's going on with them. Um, Attitude, you know, look, shifting my focus to to what's going well. Um, just an example, just a current example. A year ago, I was in a deep, deep funk. Um, my father had died last September. My big brother had had a massive heart attack two weeks later. Survived. Um, out of the blue, super healthy guy. Um, my big romantic relationship of the, that year um, decided me that decided that would be a good time to dump me. Um, it was dark. It was dark, dark, dark. It took me a while to get out of that. A year later, um, have a new kitty. <laughs> She's adorable. Um, I'm sober, other program, but that has happened. Um, I thought it might be time to make a dream come true and take my life savings and buy a condo in Palm Springs. That's done. Now it's on the market as a vacation rental. It's only been a year. I, I you know, I still have my health. Um, 
I love my job. I have so many friends. I have this incredible Los Angeles fellowship. So lucky to be here. I'm abstinent. I'm sober. I love my family. I'm going to see them next weekend. I get, I get to travel between holidays. How awesome is that? So much to be grateful for. Um, and that, you know, it's like it's like snapping a rubber band, you know, on, on your wrist. Like, oh, oh yeah, like a, like a reminder. Um, I, I don't have to I don't have to stay in, you know, I still don't have a partner. But I'm not making enough money. Oh, I'm having a problem with this friend. There's all these little niggling health problems that I'm ignoring. What's going on with those things? The condo's not renting quick enough. You know, ad nauseum things I could complain about. Um, Yeah, so I just choose to look at what's working. Okay. Um, so I just said some of them. Um, so the question was, um, what are some of the things on my um, permanent gratitude list? So um, my kitty, <laughs> um, my abstinence and sobriety, my family, my friends, um, my body. Um, my higher power, did I say that yet? Um, the natural world, the beautiful natural world, nature. God working through people, meaning artists, musicians, you know, all that stuff that, that really enriches my life. Oh, that's eight. So close. Um, my job. My job. I don't know. That's close. Nine out of twelve. <laughs> uh, so, how has my program changed? Um, it goes through changes, like occasionally as needed. Um, I used to go to three meetings a week, um, call my sponsor every day, read um, the three paragraphs in the big book that start with on awakening, uh, sit for a couple minutes in meditation, make three phone calls a day, um, I don't know. That, that's what it used to look like. So now it's two meetings in this program and one meeting in my other program. Sometimes two in my other program. Um, I don't have a sponsor in this program right now. So I have another sponsor that I call every day. And now I'm practicing calling at least one fellow every day. And usually only one, sometimes two. Um, now I time my meditation every morning, five minutes. I'm guessing it used to be about three. So 
it makes a big difference. It doesn't have to be a 20 minute, half hour sit, you guys. Three minutes, five minutes, incredibly helpful. Um, I still read, I, I, I brought this on awakening. <laughs> this is my second handwritten version in 11 and a half years with like coffee stains and um, I'll probably rewrite it again. But this way I can take it with me anywhere, shove it in my purse, suitcase. Um, I take this with me everywhere. I read this every morning. I've always read this every morning too. Um, uh, what else? What's new is looking at the gratitude list um, every morning. Um, my definition of God has changed in the last year. Um, my definition used to be longer and much more specific. You know, like, God wants me to be, I'm not making fun of this, I swear, but, um, you know, have the partner of my dreams and a family and, you know, be happy at work and be physically healthy and, you know, just very specific. And, um, now it's a lot more like God is always there with love and support. God wants me to be delighted every day. Um, God wants more for me than I can ever even imagine. Um, it, it's, it's really short. There's like maybe two other phrases and, and that's it. And so I'm not hung up on the other one was leaving me hung up on the fact that I don't have a family and I don't have a partner and like, when's that going to come, God? You know, and now and now I don't I don't have to concern myself with that because um, like because everything's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. And the question was if I had issues with my family before I got into program and um, how I have resolved that. Um, so, not really. <laughs> um, my family and I are really, really close, and um, we get along really well, and we're all really similar, and we give each other space, and um, we stay in contact, but not too much, and, um, and we talk about stuff. And, um, is that it? Okay. And, um, getting together over the holidays is not stressful. And I'm just really, really lucky to have the family that I have. And we're all prone to addiction, but I'm the only one here. And, um, they're loving and supportive. You know, it's not a secret. And, um, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm here as an example. I have a brother who's fairly sick, in my opinion. Um, and he's not choosing um, recovery. And I get to um, let him be and, and love him, you know, as is and, um, and have boundaries with him. Um, so. Thanks.